Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host today. We have Rachel Vonderock, who is a member of the Army Warrior Fitness Team, a high-level CrossFit athlete and a hybrid race athlete. You will know her from her dominating performance at the Dallas High Rocks Invitational and her third-place finish at the U.S. High Rocks Championship just earlier this year. So in the episode, we talk a lot about the mindset of a competitor. We talk about how to deal with failure and how that is going to make you a better athlete. We talk about managing volume and a lot of different loads all at once. And we get some really cool insights on one of the highest level uh, CrossFit athletes that is in the game right now. So it was an awesome conversation. A lot of, a lot of talk about training, a lot of talk about how to prepare for events and just how to get better. <laughs> because that's one thing Rachel has definitely done over the years. She has made a life for herself where she can really improve on her fitness and her ability to do so. And she's doing just that. So love the conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. A lot of great takeaways. So let's just get into it. Rachel Vonderock. All right. We are on. Rachel Vonderock is here. Hey, Rachel, how are you today? Good. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Can't complain too much. Uh, just plugging away. So I'm really excited to have you here. You know, I was really the first time you actually came onto my radar and probably most people's radars that are in this OCR kind of space was at the Dallas Invitational for High Rocks where you literally dominated the field after the skier. I saw your skier pace and I was like thinking, I was like, my goodness, that seems really aggressive. But then it never, never faltered back. And then, and then after the race, we heard that you were on this Army Warrior Fitness team and it's something that I, I hadn't necessarily heard of before. And then I was looking into it and I was curious about like why this team exists and like really what it does. So, I mean, I guess that's my first question is like, what exactly is the Army Warrior Fitness Team and, and why does it exist? Yeah, so the Warrior Fitness Team was actually created as a recruiting incentive to help um, kind of connect America's people to their soldiers. So we're kind of that in-between. Sometimes when you see someone in uniform or you talk to a recruiter, there's kind of this, um, you just don't feel very personal. You're kind of a little bit nervous. You don't really want to ask them um, specific questions about the Army. And it's kind of a little bit kind of standoffish. So we kind of serve as the typical civilian. I mean, we go to different fitness competitions. We have normal lives. We talk, we are very open about kind of our army story, our life. People can ask us any question they want. And we kind of serve as that um, connection so that people feel um, kind of better about joining the army and what we're all about. Um, but we also serve as then elite athletes. So we compete at the highest level. We travel all around the country and sometimes even the world to compete in different uh, fitness activities and mostly CrossFit, just because that's kind of um, what the army's really about, and that helps kind of spread the word. So Inter interesting. So, in terms of a recruiting tool, it's yeah, just a way to bridge. Like you go to these fitness competitions and show up as a real person, more <laughs> or less. So it kind of brings the stigma down. Because I can feel that sometimes, especially the military. It's like I'm not exactly sure how to interact all of the time. Is there training around that? for you as well? Or is it just basically that, Hey, just go and be yourself. Or was the personality part of the, cause I know it was like a, a whole tryout process, yep. right. To, to make the team. So are you trained on how to correspond with people? In a way? Yeah. I mean, they want us to be ourselves, whether that's, um, we all come from a lot of different army backgrounds, whether it's kind of the medical field, uh, helicopter pilots, the enlisted side, the officer side. So we have a pretty good mix of Kind of everything that the army represents in general so that can kind of help connect to different people um, but then mostly we were kind of the best crossfit athletes that the army has so that was where um, that was the big thing i mean they wanted us to win they wanted us to be elite athletes and they wanted us to kind of show that we're not just going to show up at these competitions and do okay we're going to show up we're going to win and we're going to make kind of a big statement so that was the goal so and and was because it's CrossFit centric, right? And to my understanding, I don't know too much about this either. So hopefully you can help walk me through this as well as the, the PT standards have changed in recent years and yeah. they're set a lot more along those functional fitness lines than in previous years. Correct. Yep. Is that also have a little bit to do with, and that's to, to my brain, that's where I went. I was like, maybe this team is to try to help figure out the best possible way to maximize this fitness test is that anything to do with it at all or is it just kind of a byproduct of the way you're training and everything 
kind of a byproduct. I mean, there's special units that actually are there to help conduct the PT test, um, kind of train people on that. Um, but it's cool that CrossFitters usually can jump into the PT test and do fairly well. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a big new difference is the old um, physical fitness test for the Army was you run two miles, you do two minutes of sit-ups, you do two minutes of push-ups, which really doesn't test <laughs> your fitness. And it's like gym class. Yeah, exactly. So this is more like, hey, I want someone who's going to be able to throw me over a wall in a combat situation or keep up next to me or um, be able to deadlift kind of a body onto a litter, whatever it is that kind of directly correlates to being in the army and kind of doing those different jobs. So I do. I do. So what is the new, the new test, right? There is a three rep deadlift. There's still a run, yep. right? Um, there's still the run is at the very end. It's still two miles. There's a three at max deadlift. There's um, still two minutes of pushups, but they're kind of like the T style, so they're a little bit harder. Hand release, hand release type of, oh, but you have to extend your elbows all the way. Yep, yep. Mm. Um, there's a sprint drag carry. There's a ball toss. There's a leg tuck. Um, and there's one more. I can't think of it. <laughs> so, hmm. different kind of functional fitness activities. Yeah. And I would imagine the previous one, the run was probably the limiter. So there is still that. Is there, is there a limiter that you see? Like if someone was to train for this test, like where would you direct them? Would you put them toward CrossFit style training or would you like really gear them to like, okay, improve your deadlift and like your ball toss will probably get better. And like maybe your leg tuck will get better. I don't know. But is there a, a way that you would help people kind of figure out the best way to get good at this? Yeah, I mean, it depends if their goal is to just pass it or if their goal is to max it. Um, I, ironically enough, a lot of people, when they can't actually max it, their problem is the run. So max the run, mm-hmm. you're on the two-mile in 1330, um, which whether you're a male or female. And so that's where, like, that high standard people, I mean, sometimes you work on the running. But just to pass it, um, just a general kind of CrossFit style programming um, with an emphasis on kind of strength building, um, core strength, arm strength to get those kind of leg tucks down um, is where I would kind of direct people. And with, is this how you were, were you recruited to be part of the Army Warrior Fitness or was it just an open tryout or did you have to meet, did you have to max the test and then get the tryout? Like how did, how did they determine who was fit for yeah. it? So um, the tryouts took place a couple of years ago. They basically, um, we all submitted kind of different applications of where we were as far as competition. Um, CrossFit does a really cool thing where every year during the Open, they actually rank everybody. So the worst person in the world is going against the Matt Frazier's and the Tia Toomey's, the best people in the world. Everyone is in the exact same competition. Um, so between your world stats, and then they brought us for an actual in-person tryout where we did our own kind of CrossFit competition. And then they took the best CrossFitters and athletes based on that. Um, they, so it wasn't really based on the... PT test that wasn't really this team's goal or this team's uh, mission. It was more just to be the best CrossFitters and represent that way. So it's it's straight up to be good at CrossFit. Yep. Like that's how you. Wow, that's because I know are also good at the PT test though. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you guys are amazing at the PT test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably have like a, your own standard for it because I did see that you know you were very close to making the games this year and you had an athlete who qualified in 40 to 44 and Chandler Smith was part of this program um, before now he's up in New England right with uh with with comp train so like really really high level athletes that are that are coming out of this and then that was something I did want to to touch base with you on when did you when did you start with the with this pro with the team um 2 years ago Okay. Because I was looking back at your open stats actually. And in 2017, you finished uh, nationwide. This is a uh, United States or maybe North America, however they do it. You were somewhere closer to 3000, like 2800 in mm-hmm. 2017. And this past year you were 133rd. And if you're not familiar with CrossFit, like 133rd is only like a couple of reps away from like 40th, you know? So like in, cause it's so dense and there's, and the way those workouts are laid out that, you know, it's just like, two or three reps can change your position in one workout tremendously. So like the improvement that you've seen from 2017 to now, and that was like the longest I I could find on the, on the board. Like, I don't know what you were doing before 2017, but it seems like something's working. (laughs) So like, what do you, what do you contribute the, that like, cause that's a massive improvement. So like, 
along with I'm sure the Army Warrior Fitness team had something to do with that and like the the like incentive to train. But w- along with that, like what would you contribute your improvement over the years? So, I mean, a little bit about kind of where, I mean, I'm an optometrist by trade. So before I was on the Warrior Fitness team, I was seeing patients from 7 a.m. to 4 or 5 o'clock on base, kind of serving the military population, polling call, kind of, I was a full-time provider for the military. So I would train one hour a day from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., um, and then sometimes in the afternoons or the nights, I would supplement with a run or a lift and then do most of my training on the weekends. Um, so that kind of was a big limiting factor as far as cross, CrossFitters at the top of the sport this now and probably OCR. I mean, all athletes right now, if you want to be professional and the best in the world, it's a full-time job between recovery, mm-hmm. training, body work, nutrition, everything. It truly is eight hours a day. All, I mean, more than eight hours a day. It's truly a lifestyle, a job. You can't really try to do much more than that. So I think this team allowed me to truly focus on being the best athlete I can be. It gave me the resources, the time, um, the athletes to train with, um, the coaching, all kind of that stuff that really brought me to that next level. Um, whereas before I was kind of on this team, like I said, it was kind of I was just fitting in and where I could. So it wasn't really um, my career in that sense. Yeah. So that is, that's something I think about a lot lately as well. I mean, in the OCR world, it's coming clear that it's going to be difficult for a lot of athletes to create a lifestyle and, and have and make enough money to support that. And in CrossFit, it's, it's a damn struggle as well, unless you are one of the top and you can have sponsors fill it in. I mean, just thinking about the games competitors, like they were, were probably there for, I don't know, seven to 10 days in Madison, right? Yeah. And they're not getting put up. They have to pay for that hotel. They have to pay for their flight. They have to pay for all of their food. So, and if you don't make a lot, like how much do they pay out for the games? Do they pay out? Does everyone they make it pay out? No, I mean, towards the even number five, six is only 10, 20 grand. So, I mean, not, not enough to make a living, <laughs> not enough. No. And like, and, and there might be sponsorships that come in and hook you up with this or that, but not enough to, that they, they can't justify paying a ton of money for these athletes to, to sustain a lifestyle, but yeah. there, so there really does need to be, but that's, what's crazy about it, especially with CrossFit, that the athletes are so good now that you really do have to put in an unlimited amount of work. It seems so, so for you, it was really about volume, it seems like. And when you were able to kind of add in to like go from working out, say, what, maybe eight, 10 hours a week when you had the optometrist gig, and then moving into something full-time, do you slowly build that volume up or was it an immediate just doubling how much you were able to do? Yeah, so I showed up at Fort Knox the same week that Chandler Swift was peaking for the CrossFit Games. So here I am. I mean, I'm not nearly on his level. Um, Before I was on this team, I was mostly a runner. I was 15 pounds smaller. I wasn't very strong. And I showed up in the peak of his CrossFit Games training. So I dove straight into it. I mean, I wanted to help him (laughs) any way I could. I was like, I got you. Like, I was there for six, eight hours a day. And I would come home and I would be on the couch and I would be crying. Like, you can ask my husband. I would just be laying there and he would be like, trying to fix my body. I'd be icing, recovering. I just went straight in, balls to the wall, jumped into it. Probably not what I should have done, but that's how it was. What, what was your mind? Was it just you were excited to be around a games level athlete or, or was it that you wanted to prove yourself among this group or were you just like, this is great. I get to train as much as possible. So I'm just going to do it all. Like, what were you thinking when you first had this opportunity to do more? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a little bit of all that. I was, like I said, I was, I had been hit by the CrossFit bug. I wanted to be the best. Um, I didn't want to let Chandler down. I mean, having someone to train with and push you is definitely the best thing to, the best kind of um, way to make you better. So I wanted to be there for him. I wanted to, yeah, prove myself. I was excited about leaving optometry and kind of doing something else for a little bit. And so I guess it was a mix of everything. It was just kind of, all right, this is what's going on, and I'm going to go all in. <laughs> Let's do it. Was there then a was there then a point? Because this is something where even people who 
probably even more if someone has a full-time job, you know, you it's eight to 10 hours a day and that's stress added onto your body. And then when there's an opportunity to train more, they take it or they just want to do more and more and more. And eventually, you know, it, it falls off a cliff and you just need to take time or your body shuts you down or something. But in your case, did you, did you run into that or was there a point where you had to pull yourself back or did someone pull you back or were you just able to hit it and then transition into that lifestyle of just being able to, to train? Um, I mean, I was doing all the little things right as far as sleep, nutrition, uh, recovery. And so that definitely helped me um, make that transition. So those first six months, I was sore, I was miserable, but because I was doing all those little 1% things right, I was able to keep up and um, not get injured and um, kind of pull my own. So I think that definitely helped me. Um, I had a really good foundation coming from such an endurance background that um, – that the volume that we were doing because of my endurance background, I definitely um, was almost better off than some of the other athletes just because I was used to that. And that mental state that I had from cross country track, things like that was definitely kind of an advantage in my, my case too. So, yeah. That's interesting. Cause there is certainly, that's my background as well as I was uh, a high school collegiate runner and then moving into you know, going into like the CrossFit space and then the OCR space, not everyone has that some, especially in CrossFit, like mm-hmm. you, it's rare that you come across someone who was a runner and then developed into a high level CrossFitter. It seems anyway, most yeah. people have come from a, another sport or just from the gym and might not quite understand, I guess, rate of perceived exertion or like how to, how to manage their energy. I think is something that distance runners kind of inherently need to know how to do if they're going to spend that much time doing that one specific thing. So did you, did you find that as well? Like, or, or are people running into barriers when they're trying to do more? And then what you thought, did other people on the team have that uh, issue where they really didn't quite understand how to manage their energy or, or did you come across that at all? Definitely. I mean, I, came in as probably the worst athlete on the team. I mean, I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the skill. All I really had was my engine and my endurance. Um, And I progressed at a faster level than anybody. And now um, Hmm. I was the best athlete on the team. So it really was, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is biased or what, but having that kind of mental toughness that you develop as a distance runner, um, I think truly helped me know how much I could push. And I've been in that dark place so I knew kind of that's what it takes. Um, and I hmm. think someone similar that could kind of relate with me on that was Chandler just because he was a wrestler and they have similar of that like mental toughness um, mm. that they've just developed over their lives. So I think that was a huge part of it, um, knowing kind of, hey, I got this. I've done hard things before for long amounts of time. Like I can do this. Like, that's really interesting because you see these athletes in CrossFit and who co- who might come from a ball ball sports, right? And then they may have this athletic prowess that would be superior to other athletes, whether it's like fast twitch muscle or just their ability to to be more athletic. But you don't see them that often in, in CrossFit. You figure they'd be littered with them, but it isn't. There, it's more like the wrestler types who are kind of in there. And every now and then you'll get a ball sport athlete who has been able to kind of commit into it. But you figure they'd be all over the place. So. Do you think that like training to get into that dark space, do you think there's a barrier there and you think it's just a choice to go into it or is it, is it just practice of practice of like getting there? It's like, okay, let me see how much further I could go, which is much easier in something that's monostructural, like running or rowing, right? It's like, I can keep going where if they're, if you're lifting weights, like I just can't pick this up. I'm just tired. Um, I'm just not strong. I'm just not strong enough to lift this anymore. I need to rest. Do you think that there is, like, how would you practice to, to go yeah. into that space? I mean, that's deep. I think, I honestly think some people have it and some people don't. I don't know if that's something mm-hmm. you can directly train or push someone to do. Um, I think CrossFitters have that mentality a little bit more than some of the ball sports or some of the skill-based things because CrossFit is kind of put your head down and work, kind of a grunt thing, where some of those other sports, football, baseball, basketball, you have to truly have – genetics and skill and talent. Um, whereas CrossFit in 
OCR hybrid racing is kind of just like a, Hey, who's going to work the hardest and that's, who's going to win. So that's definitely a difference between those types of athletes. Um, and I think that's the kind of how people kind of pick their path. I don't know if people want to be the best, be a crossfitter per se, but that might be what they can work towards and what they have going on for their goal. Whereas some, not everyone has the talent and the skills needed for some of those other ball sports. Um, athletes. Hmm. Yeah. So it does seem, cause I, I think about that, like, can someone learn that? And it seems like it has to be a little bit of both. Like, do you think if, if you weren't a runner, you would have been able to just pick up CrossFit and, and like, you think that was just inherently built into you? Were you like that as like a kid where you're just like, I'm going as hard as I possibly can? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think a little bit of it's innate. I mean, I think that's what, what drove me towards, um, to pick up running in the first place is I kind of had that, Hey, if I'm going to set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to, even if it gets hard, I'm going to keep going. So whether that's something that's learned at a young age or is taught or gotten through experiences, um, I'm not sure, but I think might be a little bit of kind of all those things. Yeah. And I wonder if, if that is a barrier for people to kind of get to that place is just, they just don't know how or aren't willing to get there. And even like, if it is something that's monostructural and they can do to the point and just going further, if they're just choosing not to, or if they just don't know if that's a space where they can, they can get into because and I also wonder, do you think people wouldn't want to train all day, every day? Like what you got going on sounds amazing. I'm like, that's great. You think some people would just wouldn't want that? Oh, definitely not. I mean, <laughs> I talk to other athletes who are professional football players, basketball players, the amount of time a CrossFitter spends actually doing fitness and training is two to three times as much as other athletes. So some people just can't even wrap their mind around doing that much fitness or that much energy expenditure a day. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's everyone's dream. <laughs> it's actually unbelievable. Like what CrossFitters need to do and what they're willing to do in terms of how much working out goes into that. And I know I, I thought I saw it again. I don't, know, I don't know how much you were involved with the, the Mayhem team. I know you kind of spent some time with them leading into the uh, semifinals, but that's kind of seems to where it was started, right? It seemed like Froning figured out, like, I can just do a ton of work and recover from it somehow. Then why wouldn't I just do that? I have to prepare for an absorbent amount of things. So if I can just spend more time doing those things, I should get better. And it seemed to, it seemed to work. <laughs> and yeah. now that seems to be the template more or less where you need to just work on the skills and recover from it and just like spreading out your energy system so that you're not just killing yourself over and over. Like, like that's the, that's my problem with a lot of like basic CrossFit classes. Like people come in and then they just hammer themselves for the, 15 to 25 minutes and they just work that same thing basically every day. And there's different gyms now that are a little bit better about spreading out the programming, but that was what, what the basis was in the beginning. It's like, let's just come here and crank. And then they never really got that much better. So you need to kind of spend time doing other things. So like, how, how are you doing? Like, where does that stop? <laughs> like how much is too much? Do you just push it to the point where you're kind of teetering on that breaking point and just kind of balance there and then bring it down to competition or are you always thinking like there's more, more to do and, and more volume that needs to be spent? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I, I agree with Rich Froning's method. I think that's how you be the best is you do everything to the extreme and you, I mean, if you're doing those kind of things on a week to on a day-to-day -day basis or a week to week basis, when you get to competition, that volume doesn't affect you as some of the other athletes, which just puts you that much more ahead. Your body's used to hundreds of pull-ups or excessive amounts of GHD or whatever it is. So it not only helps you for that specific event, but it helps you for the next day when other people's bodies might be trashed. Your body has been doing that week out and week in and week out. So it's it's ready and it's it gives you that leverage that you need. And uh, everyone's kind of adapted that same method, whereas, yeah, everything is not just, oh, we're not just going to do one round or two rounds. We're doing seven, eight, nine, ten, so that when it comes to the competition day and it is only one or two rounds, we're ready and our bodies are ready. So, I mean, 
Yeah. And as far as the normal CrossFit class goes, I think that's a very different style than necessarily your mm-hmm. CrossFit athlete who's doing it professionally. Um, completely different styles of training, methodology, outcomes, etc. So I think those two people need to understand that where it's, those are two completely different paths and shouldn't kind of be um, compared to one another. They are not the same, not even close. So like, <laughs> you know, and it gets the bad rap of everything, but the, the way the fitness that the highest level of athletes, like, like you guys are, it, it's much more, has to be much more well-rounded. Um, and like thinking about that, like how you said, like just preparing your body to take on, t- take on the demands of the event and then the recoverability aspect. That's, that's similar to what the world of endurance running has done for a long time only it's just one thing and your body can only do that one thing for so long but in crossfit you could do a million things <laughs> you can never stop like you it's like you could just change the body parts that you're working or the energy systems that you're working you just like kind of keep going for a long time and then building year over year ha- it, it, that's something in endurance training right it's like where you are now where you are five years from now if you're continuously progressing and, and overloading and you're going to be in such a better place and i think with running it lends itself to building a little bit easier year over year just because you have to start in a in a low place and it just kind of, kind of build up slowly yeah. but in crossfit like i said it seems endless so like what what do you think a lifespan is for the the highly competitive athlete who's training this full time till it gets to the point where it's all consuming where it's like okay now i need to do it 10 hours a day now i need to do 12 hours a day is there a point where you, you, it's just not going to be reasonable to live that way and how long do you foresee someone like how long do you think you could train this way for i mean if you're not doing it smartly and letting your body recover every you don't have an off season or if you're i mean these younger athletes are coming in 16 17 year olds and they're mm-hmm. a different breed i mean they can recover faster they don't get worn down as easily so they're i mean who knows what's going to happen with them they might have 10 years left in the sport, or they may be burnt out after three or four. Um, But I know personally, I mean, even after just two years with everything that happened with COVID and not really having a real off season over these past two years, just because we never really knew what was coming up. um, I definitely started to see my body start to break down and kind of have definitely a harder time um, just from go, go, go. So I don't know if it's necessarily a specific each person might be a little bit different on what they've done to prepare themselves for it or what their body can handle. Um, but like you said, I mean, people are just taking it to the nth level, whether it's, it used to be training just two a days, what two hours in the morning, two hours at night. Now people are training four hours in the morning, four hours at night. So, I mean, yeah, where, where does this stop and where does this sport come to? Who knows, which it, it's scary. It's kind of, it could be something pretty serious um, here in the next couple of years. So. The way the athletes are performing already is like mind blowing. Yeah. It's like insane. And even just watching like the games and and, like, you know, Tia is on a different, different level. And that's insane to me that she could possibly be on a different level that way. That first day of competition. Did you watch the games? Did you dial in at all? Um, Oh, you were there? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So yeah, like watching her the first day, she won the big long event and the second event, I don't remember what it was, but I forget, whatever. But then she, when she won that like 550 meter sprint, I was just like, how could she be good at all of these things? This is unreal. Like, so enabled to like get to that level, like, and she's setting the bar and then, you know, how Rich did before her and how Matt did at the same time as her, it's like needing to be that good at all of things is just like, I don't even understand. But, um, so for you this past year, like I said, we talked about your open finish uh, was, was was much better. And then they had this new format where it was a then uh, quarterfinal that it had to take into the a semifinal, which is kind of like regionals was a couple of years ago. So in the semifinals, you did really well. Or no, yeah, I'm confusing. The quarterfinals, you did really well. You're 33rd overall. And that then qualified you into what was the semifinals. And semifinal, you'd be top five to make it to the games or then to qualify – I think the Granite Games was what top the next three were the online qualifier. And for you, you were right in that mix. The first two events, you were second and third, right? 
And the la the latter events, you also did pretty well, but there was one right in the middle that really seemed to, to have set you back quite a bit. It was like handstand push-ups and handstand walks. It was called earn it or something, but it was like really shoulder intensive. And so I don't know how the scoring exactly works, but chances are if that workout goes a little bit better, like even a little bit better, you probably make the online, the last chance qualifier at least, right? So when yeah. you're looking back at that, there seems to be at least some sort of area of focus that you can point to and be okay. Maybe it's shoulder endurance or whatever it is. I don't know how, I don't know what it is for you that would make that workout have gone better. So, but there is definitely something that you can point to. It's like, okay, if I can get better at this, then things should work out. So do you take it that singular? Like, okay, if I can get better at handstand pushups and handstand walks, I can then make it to this next level. Or is it need to be like a, zoomed out and, and broadened a little bit more where maybe it has something to do with like recoverability or like, I don't like what, when you have an, something like that happen, how do you take the feedback and then put it into your training for the next time? Yeah. So I think that is one of the coolest things about CrossFit and one of the hardest things about CrossFit is I don't care if you're Tia Tumi or Matt, I don't know, no matter who you are, there's something that if it shows up, you're going to be screwed. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. has a weakness and CrossFit will find those weaknesses. Um, sometimes it's not even necessarily that movement. You could have practiced that movement a hundred times, but under stress or anxiety or kind of the events leading up before that, if your body is not cooperating, then sometimes it just is not coming together. Um, so it's not just a matter of, okay, hey, I couldn't do those handstand pushups. I'm going to hammer handstand pushups every single day. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to it. It's um, making sure whether it's kind of, like you said, shoulder stability and recovery or whether it's the anxiety taking over that makes it so you can't even think straight or can't communicate with your judge or no matter what it is, it's, it could show up again and you could be completely fine or it could show up again and it could be, you, it could go be a disaster again. So it's kind of understanding your weaknesses, but still being ready for the unknown and knowing that those things are going to come up, but how am I going to kind of deal with it? So there's an event where I know that it's probably not going to be my top event. Then it's a matter of, Hey, I need to just do my own race. I need to get through it. I can't let the stress and the anxiety kind of take over where it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm letting everything slip. And then it just kind of down spirals. So it's not just a matter of kind of dealing with your weaknesses, but it's also competing and dealing with that stress while, when those show up, which mm -hmm is something, I mean, I had never been in a high level individual competition, so I'd never really experienced that stress and that, oh my gosh, like what is going on? I couldn't really think straight. Like everything was just crumbling in front of my eyes. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, the event was over and I, it kind of carried into the next event. I mean, the mental aspect, it, it was a really eye opening experience and something I had never experienced in track or cross country or anything on any kind of race. Um, up until that event at that semifinal. So I was definitely still, I mean, it still haunts me. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about it and I think about it in training every day, but I think you need to have those um, moments of failure. And those just events that you only think about forever to make you kind of get to that next level. I think that truly helps you. I mean, Rich Froning talks about it. He couldn't do a rope climb in, one of the regionals years ago and it's it still haunts them to this day i mean i think everyone at the top has had kind of one of those experiences and i think that's what makes them great so and like you said it is just one of those things where you don't know what can happen until it happens yeah. right so when you're in it it's like when i've had those experiences because in in obstacle racing like things go wrong it's different because in crossfit right it's they're, they're much shorter pieces and like you, you have a chance to then uh, like things stop and you have to regroup and do it again. But in a, in a race in OCR, like things can go wrong and then you have to continue with that race. So if you do let things kind of spiral out and it can just ruin everything, like you don't get another opportunity to kind of go back at it. And even hybrid racing, right? Like if you have a bad sled push, like if you dwell on it, like it's not going to go better. Your whole race will just be, be off, but it's hard to know how to deal with it in those moments because you can be mentally prepared and like physically prepared and like, okay, my training is going to pull me through this. So I'm not necessarily going to need to worry about what happens when things fall apart. And you can just like push that out of your brain. And it's really hard to replicate something like that until you're, until you're in it. So when you're, so how, how do you think 
how do you think you can you, you'll respond back? Like, what kind of things are 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 you planning on doing to either help prepare physically or or mentally for something like that? So mine was kind of um, just a lack of experience and kind of a I would call it almost a rookie mistake. I mean, when things started to go south, I didn't really take a step back and try to figure out what was going wrong. I just kept trying the same thing over and over and over again. I would kick up, I would do the exact same thing, kick up, exact same thing. So if I would have closed my eyes, kind of shut everything out, taken 10, 15 seconds to just breathe and understand what I was doing wrong, I would have kicked up and I would have finished the event and it would have, I'm not, I still wouldn't have won that event. I knew that event was not a strong point for me. Um, But if I just would have kind of, like I said, taken a step back and not let it overcome me, I think it would have been, Um, a different outcome and maybe my whole season even would have looked different. So I think that was just not really having that experience of competing in an individual stressful situation. Mm. Um, And so I think that was part of it. Um, But also, I mean, I know that that is a weakness of me that I'm still going to continue to work on and I'm going to work on it in a bunch of different ways. So that, I mean, is something else that I've learned from that. And CrossFit does teach me that all the time. I mean, I find weaknesses – daily about things I need to work on. So <laughs> yeah. that's not something to be working on with CrossFit, which is why people love it. I mean, there's always new things, new tricks. There's always something to work on. So, And it's, I mean, that that is so true with CrossFit, even just like the open scores, how they improve year over year for something even even as simple as the, in the open with the, the snatches and the box jump overs, like so simple, but still people improved so much, just like little tweaks here or there, just like pacing elements and things like that. So when you saw that workout was announced, did they announce, did, did you know the workouts going into it? They, they don't do it like the games, right? Where it's like. Yeah, we had a few of them. I had practiced okay. that workout. I had done fine. I had practiced it five, six, seven times. I was ready for it and then came to it and. Shit went south. <laughs> <laughs> as, as it does, as it does, and, and uh, it was so. When you looked at that, was so you felt like you were confident. But was sh- is shoulder endurance a thing for you, or what, what? Like, is it the is it one movement? Like, is the walks or the, or the deficits, or like, did you like in your back of your mind was it a possibility that that could have happened in that event? To that amount of failure, absolutely not. No, I mean, I knew, like I said, it wasn't going to. I knew I wasn't going to be a top five finish, but I thought I would be uh-huh. middle of the pack. I would finish it. I would run my own race. Um, I would break it up in small sets and I would be fine. So I never really anticipated it going that south, um, which might have been one of my faults. I mean, maybe I need to think about things as expecting the worst and what am I going to do in that situation. Um, but because I had practiced it and I knew I could do it, it I, I never even thought that that would be the outcome. So when it happened, it was just, it was devastating. <laughs> and like you said, it, I'm sure like you, you are, you said it, that it, it, you still think about it, right? It's still there. And I found that when, if, if it's myself or an athlete who I'm coaching, when they want to, when they are met with some sort with a failure like this, or they don't perform to their expectations or to what they've thought they were physically capable of doing, they have a really hard time of taking a step back and it's just like, let's bulldoze through. I have to prove this to myself. I have this fitness. Now I need to keep going yeah. so that I can, that I can prove it. And at, unfortunately that, that workout essentially ended your season, mm-hmm. right? Were you able to then take the time that you needed? Cause I'm sure that there was a lot of buildup. Oh, you had high rocks coming up or what was it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You had high rocks. Certainly after. What, what was there? A, did you immediately change focus into high rocks or were you able to kind of pull back or was there um, anything in you? Like, what was your mind? Did you want to pull back? Did you want to just like take a break or did you want to just barrel through it? I think a lot of people do just want to barrel through it. I um, was helping my teammate prepare for his semifinal, um, Jacob Pfaff, who was competing at West coast. So I kind of immediately switched gears. Um, I know I've read a few people have talked about this. Um, Hunter Sheriff kind of explains it really well is, if you finish something, a big competition, and then you have nothing else to look forward to or no other game plan, you can kind of get very depressed and go down a pretty dark spiral. Um, so I did know that my body needed some time to recover and reset, but I also knew that I had to get excited and focus on the next thing. Otherwise, 
I would hit that kind of depression and, oh my gosh, my season's over. Like I have nothing to look forward to. And it would just spiral down to weeks, months, who knows how long of kind of a lull in training. So I always try to, hey, what's coming up? What's next? What can I focus on? Um, so maybe I did kind of jump into high rocks and everything else a little bit too quickly. Um, but I think I also needed that to keep kind of my head in the right place and um, my own spirits up. So, And you're used to a tremendous amount of volume, right? I'm yeah. sure you cut volume leading into the, to the event itself. And with the coaching and the projections of what your, what your season was going to be, were you planning on, I would imagine you were hoping to continue to plan on to train for the games, which was what about four weeks later, how much time was it between the two about that? Not a lot. Yeah. Four, six, four to six weeks. So maybe your season wasn't really even like you weren't planned to end at that point. Anyway, did you take a step back after high rocks or have you taken a break since? After high rocks, um, I actually got Dave Castro called me and he asked me to come out to the ranch right when I was planning on actually taking a full week off, letting my body recover. <laughs> the next day Dave calls me and he's like, Hey, do you want to come out and test the CrossFit games workouts? So here I am flying out to California doing the entire games week. Of oh my God. Oh, so then just putting myself back in a hole. Um, so that was a, a super cool experience. I mean, I'm not one to say no for an experience like that. So of course I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Um, so that kind of led into the next thing that I was excited about. I mean, I was excited to test those workouts and um, move forward. And then um, we supported the CrossFit Games as the Army. We represented there. So then that kind of led straight into the CrossFit Games after that. So like I said, things have been a little bit crazy um, since everything everything has happened. Yeah, and now here we are and Worlds is in a couple weeks. So there really was weeks downtime. <laughs> So were you part of the demo team or was that so something was, different? Yeah, I was the demo team that was off-site, not the team that was actually on-site there. Um, so we were just there supporting. We had like a few different vendor vendor areas at the CrossFit Games and we were there um, interacting with the public and um, kind of supporting that way. Doing your job, take, bridging the, the <laughs> army to the public. You're out there just working. Exactly. Um, so I must ask, with those, you did all of the games workouts? Yeah. Sometimes. That's wild. Multiple. Um, different versions, multiple times. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask where, I mean, I'm sure you were there to help, like, see what was feasible for the athletes to do. So they had to, to tweak the workouts one, one direction or the other. What was, like, the best? What was, like, the, what was the hardest one? And what was, like, your favorite one from the games? I would say the hardest one, um was the handstand walk obstacle course that was mm. i mean brutal and my favorite one was the running and toes bar where it had the mile and a half repeat. oh yeah <laughs> so. that would have been a game's win for you yeah. probably that i thought about that myself it's like i could win this event i was like i would definitely win this event if i was a crossfit games athlete all the rest dnfs but this event i would win yeah. um so and Another thing, like you mentioned a crazy couple weeks, crazy couple months. Uh, you were married the week before <laughs> semifinals, right? Yep. So what was that like trying to balance everything leading in? I mean, it may have hit the right time because you were coming into maybe a recovery week. I'm not sure, but it <laughs> it, it must have been crazy. I'm getting, I'm getting married in like six weeks from like this, this weekend coming up about. Okay. So like I'm trying to figure out the best way to kind of balance – like training and like my work, but like it, 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 I'm not nearly close to like a big event the way that you were. So what was that? Like how, like, were you able to enjoy it? I guess, or was it like stressful, like trying to figure out like how to make it all work? Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations. I'm super. Oh, thank you. you. Um, Thank you. Same to you. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if there's any right or wrong way to do it, it's going to come and be over with in a blink of an eye. And I tried to enjoy it as much as I could just because I knew um, how special of a day it was and everything that had gone through with, it was supposed to be last summer. So it was rescheduled. Uh, We rescheduled it around the new CrossFit season because we didn't know when regionals or semifinals were going to be and when that was going to happen. And then the CrossFit season changed. So we tried to reschedule Uh. the wedding again. And by that time it was just like, I can't let CrossFit like completely run my life. Like this should be the best day of my life. 
I mean, I've been waiting for my wedding since I was a little girl. Like, I'm just going to enjoy it. So I tried to kind of keep good spirits about it, but <laughs> it was it was a lot all in back to back to back. So <laughs> just like the amount of thinking and organization and just like there's str there's stress there. <laughs> and on top of all the physical stress that you're putting on yourself a million hours a week, I can't yeah. imagine that was like <laughs> A nice time. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how involved you are with all the planning and the details and how into it you are, but <laughs> so, so I feel like Zach just kind of showed up. To, I mean, he was super helpful, but also he didn't care as much about the small details. So he just showed up for the party, whereas I was like, it all has to be perfect. Like, everything has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, it's this, it's going the same over here. I'm. <laughs> I'm sort of helping. I'm, 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 I put in the input when input is needed. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, that must have been – were you worried about it going into the the the, game, the competition then? Like oh, what yeah. it was going to do to you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we like, – I think the day before my wedding, me and Zach drove up to CrossFit Vancouver to practice because they were releasing – uh, the workouts the week when we were already in Oregon for the wedding. So they were mm. releasing the workouts. I was in a different state, a different box, trying to get ready for my wedding. I had like bruises from muscle ups on my arms and like, on, like <laughs> all the bones. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like the amount of stress I went through trying to prepare for everything at once. And then we literally got back from the wedding, canceled the honeymoon, two days later, went to Minnesota. So <laughs> it was crazy. That's a lot. That is a lot. Do you like, sometimes I do this for, for, for OCR stuff. And like, you know, if I can make a couple bucks to maybe pay for my trip somewhere, that's a, that's a big bonus on that. And like, I think about all of like the time that I'm spending and like the, the stress I'm putting myself through thinking about things like this. I can't do this. can't do that thing when really it's not doing a ton for me. You know, D did you have that kind of thought too? It's like, I just stressed out so bad and like this is my outcome or was it all still kind of worth it toward the end? I mean, it was all worth it. I wouldn't say that I do. I'm not an athlete for the money. I mean, that's, I'm part of the warrior fitness team. I'm an optometrist. Um, so it's not like, Oh, I need to win the granite games because I need that $5,000 or I need to win high rocks because I need that money. Like that's, that's never really in the back of my head. I mean, it's more important for me to win and to take first than necessarily to get paid. Um, so I, I do it truly for the competition and for my own for my own self and for the team and for the army. Um, so I wouldn't say that I really have any regrets. I think I learned so much. I um, as an athlete, as a person, as myself, and I've met so many amazing people throughout the different both sports. So I don't really have any regrets. No, I mean it was unfortunate that it all came at one time, but um, yeah, that's life. <laughs> it's just what happens. Yeah, I mean. I feel the same way. I'm always like, ah, eh, I was do it over again a, a million times. There's no, there's yeah. What else? What else are we gonna do? Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. So how does the when you like learned of hybrid racing? Did you just learn about it this year? I mean, it's only been around. I mean, maybe two years. But when it came onto your radar, was was it something similar to like? Did you get a phone call? It was like, hey we have this event that's coming. Like, do you have any athlete that they, they contact the army to see if they had athletes to go into, or did someone reach out to you or did you find out about it? And you're like, Oh my God, this is like right up my alley. Like when did this kind of come into your radar and, and like the, that you wanted to get involved? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I think it was February of 2019 or 2020. Um, when a few, they actually reached out to their warrior fitness team, asked us to do, go to high rock Chicago. And uh, we sat mm. down and we kind of looked at, we were like, what is this high rocks thing? Chandler had known a little bit about it. Um, he was excited about it, was kind of getting involved with Hunter and um, wanted to be involved mm -hmm. with it. And everyone was like, Rachel, this is literally your sport. I mean, everyone knows I love to run. Everyone knows I love CrossFit. They were like, this is literally your sport. Um, but I actually, the weekend of that Chicago race, um, I was supposed to work optometry. So I already had committed to seeing patients and being in patient care. So I didn't go to that one. And I knew start since then, I was like, I got to try high rocks. That sounds like my dream sport. Like, this is awesome. Um, but then COVID happened and everything was canceled. Everything was shut down. So the first actually race that I then had the option to do that fit with my schedule 
um, was the Invitational. And even that had mm. been, I think, rescheduled from the original date. I think so. I think they pushed it a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, because it was supposed to be early. Like when? What? When was it? Like April, March, or April? It was in April, and I think it was supposed to be in like it's supposed to be in February. I thought. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean, as but like I said, everyone everyone was on me about it. I was receiving messages, DMs. Everyone's like, Rachel, this is your sport. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I was like, Yeah. Um, but I like I'm involved in this team, and um, we also had the goal of qualifying for the CrossFit Games, competing at the CrossFit Games. So I didn't want to kind of take away from that. Um, I knew that it would be kind of a selfish decision just because it was an individual sport and I would have to mm-hmm. kind of take a little bit of step back from team training and strength training and do a little bit more running, longer workouts, things like that. Um, so the team side of me really wanted to like do what was best for my team and be there for my teammates um, and accomplish our goal. But then kind of the personal selfish side of me really wanted to see what High Rocks was all about and kind of go all in with High Rocks. So it was kind of a back and forth like, everything was kind of pulling me two different ways. I wanted to do high rocks full in, but I wanted to be there for my teammates. Um, not just necessarily for the team aspect, but we all trained CrossFit together too. Um, so that was kind mm-hmm. of, and I'm still kind of dealing with that to this day is I want to be a high rocks athlete. I want to go all in with that, but I also, I mean, I'm on this team for CrossFit and I owe that to my teammates. So it, it's hard. Cause the workout styles, they're complementary, but they're not specific. Right. Like, like I think, and and so it sounds like you were doing still mostly CrossFit training leading into Dallas Mm -hmm. and you're able just to kind of like just your ability, like your engine and like your aerobic capacity. It's been developed since you were a kid was, it seems like you were able to kind of have enough to, to go through And, and Lauren Weeks is sort of similar. She seems like she trains mostly CrossFit and then just likes to run long distance. And that's like kind of how she, how she trains, um, but doesn't really do like very specific, like high rocks stuff. So like, if you were like, say, say like you weren't on the team and however long and like, then you're like, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to put two or three years just of like hybrid high rocks training. Like what kind of things do you think you would change from like what you're doing now that would really get you the best results for what you think, uh, what you need to do for uh, high rocks? Yeah, I mean, high rocks is kind of that weird sport where I feel like no one just does high rocks. I don't know if you can't really fully do high rocks. Like, I feel like everyone's either Spartan, OCR, and a little bit of high rocks, or CrossFit and high rocks. Like, no one really has tried to do high rocks all in, um, which is interesting because I don't know if anyone trains specifically just for that. Um, But if I was going to do that, I know me personally, since I do have, since the past couple of years have been a very CrossFit and strength race, I think I have probably more than enough strength and muscle on me right now to be at the top of the, uh, the event side of the high rocks race. Um, but mm-hmm. I would kind of dial back in my running and my speed work and my mileage, um, to kind of truly race and be the best I can at, um, hybrid racing or high rocks, just cause I've kind of let the running side of things go just cause I'm already so high at the top end of the CrossFit side for runners that I don't usually work that just cause it's a strength of mine in my other sport. It really is kind of like that, right? And and like I'm trying to be just like high rocks and and uh, like deca fit stuff. There's a couple of people, at least on the men's side, I know who are just like training just specifically for that. But yeah, coming from OCR, and uh, I'm definitely kind of needing to shift into it. But the way I see it is the time you're spending working like the little things, like the skill work, like the Olympic lifting stuff, and just the all that 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 needs to be aerobic work. Yeah. You know, like you need to just like be on the rower a longer time or be out <laughs> running a longer time. You know, it's like yeah. just that monotonous, just just straight through. Uh, is, is that exciting good. to you? I think that's I think that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of other sports, whether it's the different events in OCR or CrossFit, there is a lot of time spent on accessories and skill and form and things like that. Whereas high rocks kind of is just put your head down and work hard. Just go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone can do all the events. It's not really form or really technique that needs to be changed. It's just, you need to be more fit. So I mean, it has a cool entity for it, for sure. Does it excite you to like, want to get back into running to, to, to the way that you may have been when, you know, you're running in college? Is that something that you would like to revisit or is it something like, ah, I've done that. I don't necessarily need to go back and do that again. I mean, yes and no. The reason I actually left um, running 
was because my, my body started to break down. So after college and um, kind of things like that, I took up marathon training, um, then did the all army cross country program. So I, I went from running to running to running and that mm-hmm. many miles on my body for so many years. I just, I was kind of done and over it. I was burnt out in a way. So CrossFit was that new kind of aha moment. Um, but I mean, I'll always be a runner. I always enjoy going for a run and um, be doing that thing. I just don't love doing anything kind of excessively, whether it's CrossFit, running, anything. Um, so no, I don't know if I want to kind of go back to 50 to 70 miles a week and right. <laughs> miserable track workouts. And I don't know if that's necessarily the answer. <laughs> And I think this does kind of blend it. I think that, you know, you can do, you can spend time doing the skier or the rower, or as long as like you're kind of staying aerobic for most of it. I think that that's like a good avenue. For, that's why I like about this too. Cause like, yeah, running that much, it is just, just kills you. It just, <laughs> just freaking kills you. Um, so what do you, how are you preparing for Germany then? Like what kind of things are you starting to crank things back up a little bit in terms of volume in that aerobic space or are you just being more specific for, um, high rock stuff? Um, so I, after the most recent high rocks race, I had a, a lot of issues with my IT band, um, kind of my lateral meniscus, just issues going on. Um, as far as my body breaking down, probably just overuse. Um, like I said, a long season, things like that. So I've truly been trying to just get healthy. Um, and then mm. in addition to dialing back on some of the beat my body down with CrossFit and just some of that longer EMOMs, aerobic work, um, keeping my heart rate up for longer times, and then also putting those miles back in. So I definitely have switched things up um, to prepare more for high rocks, um, but mostly I just am trying to get my body healthy. And then also we have a pretty big um, team competition coming up the weekend after um, we get back from Germany. So also still trying to dabble in CrossFit um, when I can with my teammates. So like gotta, said, gotta stay sharp. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, so it might not change it, the, because the way things were headed in the, uh, for Chicago, the U S championships that you were certainly sidelined, right? Like something happened, like that IT band meniscus thing you, you mentioned, like that clearly hindered your performance that day, but it'd been interesting to see like, how that games prep would have translated over. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you were help, like, do you think you would have needed much more on that day? Or do you think like, uh, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, that's what's yeah. pretty cool is like, um, I mean, we do at least an hour to two hours every morning of a monorail structural aerobic type thing with CrossFit anyways. So our CrossFit training pretty much nicely transitions over to high rocks in a lot of different yeah. ways. So, I mean, I felt ready, uh, when I knew, when I saw that the course was, um, clockwise instead of counterclockwise and I knew that that was my bad knee on the inside I was a little nervous um and then right on that first 1k when my whole leg kind of seized up I knew it wasn't going to be a good race I just couldn't overcome that pain and that kind of um tension in my leg but um I'll never quit I'm not a quitter so I got through it and um whether it's my mental toughness or my fitness whatever carried me through I was able to finish the race so um, yeah, I mean, I, I was super excited for that race. I wanted to kind of truly see what I could do without coming off of a quarterfinals weekend and just throwing myself into high rock. So I am excited for that kind of potential and what there is left to still um, undercover when it comes to high rocks. But I just don't know if I've had the time to truly dial that in yet. I forgot that the Dallas was right in the middle of quarterfinals. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You did court, you did the workout and then did high rocks the next day or something like that. Right. Yep. And then the next day went yeah. back. Yeah. It, like I said, that's never just one thing at once. I don't know why, I'm <laughs> like this, but it's always everything all at the same exact time. <laughs> so you, are you looking at this Germany race as that opportunity to see like what you could really do like healthy, like rest. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's a, a, some major travel, um, but all things considered, you'd probably be more fresh than you've been. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm still dealing a little bit with kind of the IT knee issues. Um, but it's not nearly as bad as it was during that race. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to go out there and, um, race on a healthy body with hopefully some, I know Lauren is trying to go. Um, I know some of the German athletes, the European athletes that I haven't even met yet, um, are going to be there to push me. So I'm, I'm excited. 
Nice. Yeah, that should be that should be a blast. I, I didn't know if Lauren was headed out there as well, but yeah, um, I I would love to see how how that all gets mixed up. Um, do you do you foresee? Because like when this kind of came on your radar, it was like, oh yeah, you've been unintentionally training for this for a long time, right? Yeah. Does this seem appealing to? Do you talk about this with? other CrossFit athletes, is this anything that they would want to do? Like, can you foresee like, cause I feel like this is the high rocks in particular is kind of like tilted toward a CrossFitter. I think that they would do better than just a, a runner for sure. OCR athletes blended a little bit. So I think that's why you're seeing OCR athletes kind of come into it because you know, they spent some time in the weight room, yeah. but still like the strength needed needs to be elevated for sure. That's why someone like Hunter on the men's side, who's been putting so much time in with, uh, strength, just like dominates, he's just so much stronger than everybody else. But the CrossFitters have that strength, but they might not have had that aerobic piece to put together a 60 plus minute Metcon essentially. Yeah. Do you think CrossFitters ever want to do that? Does that sound exciting to CrossFitters? I mean, it's actually crazy how many CrossFitters have reached out to me personally to talk about high rocks. Um, I mean, some huh. really high-level athletes, everyone from Christy Aramo down to kind of your GPP CrossFit athlete and everyone in between. Like, at the games, I would say I got more questions and um, people recognize me from High Rocks than even CrossFit. Hmm. So it's definitely kind of a buzzword now in CrossFit gyms, and CrossFitters are super interested in it. It just is unfortunate that the High Rocks season is in the middle of the really intense uh, CrossFit season. So – I mean, not everyone is going to be as crazy as me and do quarterfinals and CrossFit in the exact same day um, because people just no. aren't that psycho. But if they <laughs> kind of communicate a little bit better, I mean, I feel like the same thing has been happening actually with OCRs. High Rock kind of just came in and just stuck their kind of competitions in in the middle of everything, whether it's Spartan, they just kind of threw their stuff in there. So if they kind of had more of an organized plan season around some of these other sports, um, that might be helpful to kind of get people in the door and excited about it. But there's definitely a lot of CrossFitters that are have already signed up for races um, this coming season and are excited about High Rock. So I think that'll be really cool to see how that happens over the next couple months. I'd love to see it. And it seems like it would be a good thing for like the GPP at like a local gym, like when a race comes to their town to like prepare yeah. for because they're, you know, the, the general population, they're not necessarily solely focused on CrossFit. They do CrossFit so they can do other things and uh -huh. feel healthy and strong doing them. So I think High Rocks would just be like right in that lane. Um, have you seen the DecaFit stuff at all? Will you pop into any of those? Yeah, I was, I have, I've heard about some of them. I was going to pop into uh, the West Palm one, but again, it was like right in the middle of kind of the intense CrossFit season. Um, so I pulled back on that, but um, I think that would also be something cool to get involved in. I know that that's more of, since it's lighter and more kind of body weight, it's more about being a faster runner, which I don't know if will play to necessarily my strengths than the type of athlete I am right now. Um, but that, that's also another cool kind of entity that's going on. So, yeah. Yeah, they're interesting because it's like your 5K time matters a little bit more, but the 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 level of skill, even though it might not be a very highly skilled movement, like just like the rowing and the skier from what I've seen in DecaFit is – pretty poor and then the assault bike is just a complete game changer which i'm sure you can hammer that thing yeah. when other people like yeah. so where some people might need their 5k to be really fast like you, you yeah. could probably make that up what do you think you could do a 5k in i mean i can do it vested in 18 minutes so hopefully <laughs> seriously that yeah i mean hopefully um 1730 ish. oh you'd be you'd be fine in deck of it people aren't there i don't think there's athletes coming that are screaming like 1645s or anything like that okay Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, so come through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consider. I know that DECA, I mean, it's in all these really cool places, which is definitely appealing. Um, but it sounds like their prize money barely even covers your hotel and your travel to get there. So that's a little. It's about <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not using these kind of races and things as like a vacation and something fun, then you can barely afford to stay and go and fly. So, I mean, the whole I know. Thing is it's hard. I know. I know. So we need to grow it. it needs to get bigger. It needs to explode. <laughs> but yes. So, um, cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. It's pretty much all I got for you, but I, I love picking your brain on everything. I thought that was awesome. Definitely be rooting for you. I was rooting for you during the, the CrossFit 
semifinals. I still have a tough time with the language of everything. I still need to. <laughs> I'm impressed. You actually were on top of all the different stats, the CrossFit lingo. I mean, you're. I'm impressed. I speak CrossFit fairly well. Yeah, I've been doing. I've, I've started. I started doing CrossFit in like 2011. Oh wow! So you're I've been like doing an OG. OG. When did you start? Way later than that. I mean, 2015, 2016. So yeah, I'm a little older than you though. So I think I was. I'm 35 now. So I was like 25, I think, when I started. Okay. Um. So I was way back. What? And oh, I did. I kind of wanted to ask you those. So you had the um, the semifinals with the the two teenagers, right? With Mal O'Brien and Emma Emma Carey. Yep. Right. Are they like unreal? Like. Does it, do they seem like little girls out there? Like they just, because they, they're really impressive physically with the things that they're doing. Yeah. Like, so what was your impression of them? Were you just like taken back by how aggressive, and you mentioned it before, like the way they're able to like kind of recover. Yeah. Um, what was your take on them? I think it's, I mean, their bodies are able to recover faster. And I also think it's part of it. Like they don't really have, I mean, it's not that they don't care about it, but it's not as kind of, um, important, not important, but it's, it's a different, they have a different view on it. Like they're just out there having a good time. Like they're still in living at their parents' house, like in high school, just living their best life. And we're out here as like grown adults who, I mean, it's just very, very different to see their take on things and how they're kind of living their life and their outlook on, Hey, we're just out here having a good time. Whereas some of these other athletes are like, Hey, this is my career. This is my life. This is my um, everything. So very, very different, but also, I mean, it's really cool to see that they're kind of setting the bar and hanging in there with the top athletes. And I mean, probably going to make a big name for themselves in the next couple of years. So I mean, half off to them. It'll be interesting to see, right? Yeah. Cause you mentioned even just as a runner at a point you got to, you're just like, I'm just burnt out on this, you know, and you, you probably started running when you were, when they had started doing CrossFit. Sure. Right. So it's like they, they're getting such a head start on it that, you know, and you see that happen with high school athletes and collegiate athletes often, right. They get yeah. through it and they're just like, I'm done. I'm good on this. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that, we'll see how that does play out long-term because yeah, we're seeing these athletes who are growing up as CrossFit CrossFitters. Yeah. where, and this will be kind of be the first generation of athletes that are like that, where everyone else had done something before yeah. CrossFit and they found it later, but now it's like, they're just CrossFitters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, but like, yeah, it'll, it'll be weird. Part of me is like, go do a team sport, do go do cross country, go do college sports. And, but also, I mean, CrossFit is a real thing now. So that's, I mean, I know. It's so, it's so strange. It's so yeah. strange, but it's good. It's good for the sport. And it's great that they both made the games and that Mal O'Brien was able to win an event. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, all right. Cool. Well, again, I appreciate it. I'll be rooting for you in Germany. Uh, and um, I'm just going to hit stop on this. We'll bring it back to that first screen. So I, I appreciate you. Um, I'll make sure to link to all your socials and everything like that. So thanks for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Rich, Ryan. <laughs> You got it. <laughs>